even though I like how Tech looks down a man most of the time, I would stake my life on the Tech power play this year, or the Tech penalty kill, rather, not the Tech power play. Lord, would I not <laughs> stake my life on the Tech power play. Oh, that is a... That dead is man a, walking. That is, a, that, that is a dying man's game right there, but... <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 18 of season four of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide and recorded from the state of hockey. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Matt Cavender. Hey, everyone. As long as we're in agreement, it's the state of high school hockey. I'm good. Okay, Hockey Town. And don't say they don't say it, because I heard it on the Red Wings broadcast that I watched the other night. They still say it. It's not on branding anywhere anymore. Okay. Uh, We were unable to pin down a guest this week, even though we tried. But we do have a guest lined up for next week, which I'm excited about. We'll talk about that a little later, though. Uh, so this week we'll just focus the three of us on the fair state series, the CCHA in general, the Joe Sean hour and the upcoming rivalry weekend series with Northern Michigan. Anything else guys? Nothing for me. Well, maybe we'll talk about how shitty the fans are in Van or the, the ownership and leadership is in Vancouver. Cause that kind of <laughs> pissed me off. Yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. Uh, All right, let's do the thank you notes and a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkeydental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. All right, welcome back. Fair State. Uh, I think the one thing that that's been made clear over the last couple weeks of the league is that the league is tight. Other than Lake State, I think anybody can beat anybody on any given night. Yeah, Lake State even took Mankato to overtime this weekend. Yep, yeah, they did. that's true. And yeah, I think this weekend was. Uh, I'm. I'm satisfied with the amount of points we took out of it, to be honest with you. We took the majority of points, and uh, I know that I'm the notorious hater of ties here, but for the sake of our standings, I was I was happy to walk out of there with a split of the NCAA points and only lose the one conference point to them on Saturday. And Friday wasn't near the goal-scoring outburst I was expecting, but I, this, this was a hard-fought game. 
I think one of the interesting things that kind of got sparked by, I forget who on Discord, but Michigan Tech has only swept one conference series this year and otherwise has, uh, you know, given up at least two points every series, which I found interesting. Um, and I know I'm kind of going all over the place on our various topics, but I really like the Joe Sean hour today where Joe talked about the shootout. I don't know if either of you guys got to listen today, but he, he kind of talked, it came up about how we struggle at shootout and his big takeaway was, well, Blake's not a big bodied goalie. So he's giving up some part of the net, no matter what he does. And so it can be a struggle in the shootout. And then, but on the reverse side, he said, but in practice, when we practice a shootout, nobody can score on him. So that kind of shows why we struggle so much in a shootout is because we're not stretching Blake Piedla enough in practice to make him like challenging him enough in shootout practice. But at the same time, that also is why we can't score in a shootout and get that point. Yeah, it is always a fine line with how to practice with your goaltender because you don't want to, you don't want to hurt him. Like, you don't, you don't, you, you want to make sure that he's seeing the kind of shots that he will be seeing in a game situation. But by the same token, you don't want to pull some kind of move that's going to stretch his groin way out and hurt him. At least from a player perspective, I never played anywhere near the kind of hockey these guys are playing but it's it, it is a bit of a balancing act with the guys and maybe they're a little bit afraid to try out something fancy on them because they just don't see the point in hurting them before a game but Perhaps they also don't mindset, score yeah. that often themselves in shootouts either so i think they should be stretching it a little more than what they have been um but yeah i, I that if Michigan Tech ends up getting within a couple points of winning the league, it's going to circle back on the fact that they are just they've just been terrible in shootouts. At least they're not terrible in overtime this year. Yep. Uh but getting to the shootout hasn't been much better, but it is better for pairwise. So, you know, that's part of the reason why even though they've struggled to get sweeps, they're not killing themselves in pairwise because a lot of these have ended up being ties for pairwise or, you know, a third of a a win even. So, yeah, it's been interesting for sure. Um, one of the things that Harrison brought up on the Discord today was wondering if part of the reason we seem to be struggling on Saturday, at least lately, or I think, it kind of has been true other than other than coming off the bye weeks i think we have been typically better on friday or the first game than the second game and and he pointed out that most teams don't have i think we had what three forwards on friday play over 20 minutes so uh, you wonder how much of that is joe leaning too heavily on certain guys but at the same time it's gotten him this far so i don't know what the answer is um he's certainly leaning on certain guys quite a bit i am i'm not quite sure either but um watching the game on saturday um one of the things that i noticed is that pretty much all of ferris's goals were just like 
lunch pail. The guys really just got to work and just hacked away until the puck eventually went in. And those are ones that are tough for me to fault Blake. Yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, no, I don't think, um, Blake is the MVP of this team and I don't fault him for much of anything at all. Like he, he won goaltender of the week in the CCHA this week for his performance. He got a shutout and gave up three goals on what? 50, 55 shots this weekend, 45 shots. I forget which something like that. Um, so he's having a stellar season. He's half the reason this team is in position to within striking distance of the McNaughton Cup and in position to find a way to make the NCAA tournament. Um, it does seem like, and Joe talked about it on the show today, where he felt he felt like Friday was probably the most complete game of the season. And other than the power play, I'm with them 100% on that. Like that team, that was a hell of a team game and effort to create offense within the systems they had versus cheating to try and get offense, which Joe said happened more Saturday. Um, has Augie provided you expected goals yet? I don't even know if, well, both the box scores are up, but. um, He has not provided me with that yet. Okay. Usually sends that to me just to talk about it and walk through it. But this is, an, this was the first time that I felt like, I think Ferris really found their footing in, like in the league. They didn't feel like they squeaked that one out like they did against Michigan State and GLI, like how I made the whole deal about how, I love fair state hockey because it's not sustainable or repeatable. I think they, <laughs> <laughs> I think they found a way to really apply some sustained pressure and really learn how to do that by commission. And I think that they're going to become a problem for the second half. And we saw that it was just interesting to see that after, you know, I kind of wrote them off as it's another year. That's kind of like what we expected tech to have. It was going to be a building blocks year where they got some pieces Bob Daniels hockey is always going to get you at least competitive in the game, but they, the whole team just really, well, except for a couple of years there, there was yeah. one year that they went over. <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like we can bring it up because I think Harrison brought it up himself last week. <laughs> yeah. It, it, um, And it's interesting too, looking at the schedule, you know, Ferris has six home games left to four road games. You know, Tech is what three to where is it here? Three to five. Um. So yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out. I know Harrison kind of rolled his eyes last week when I I didn't eliminate Ferris from McNaughton Cup. But they're not that far out of this. Like I said, I, they're not easy games. They've got what Minnesota State, Bemidji State, and Lake State at home, and Bowling Green and Northern on the road left. Yeah, the only team that's truly out of it is Lake State. Uh, I think St. Thomas is out of it, but I, I, like I think they mathematically could still get it, but I don't yeah. think they will. 
or or really it would, it would require a, not only them winning out but a lot of things to go right for them but <laughs> yeah i think you are right because they have like they're they're tied for northern with points but they've played two more games so i think yeah. that's why they're out like so i went through and kind of used um Cratch to predict what would happen, and I don't think I did it perfectly right, but I had it ending up because uh, obviously I don't, I don't think Lake State goes winless, but according to Cratch, they should. <laughs> 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 so I did follow that, but it basic, it basically has, if Michigan, so. Uh, it ha- it had like Michigan Tech and Mi- Minnesota State splitting, right? So if Michigan Tech were to win Friday night in Mankato, that would mean whoever took more points on Saturday night would win the McNaughton Cup. That's how it played out according to Cratch. And Dustin's having fun with a disco ball over there. It looks like yeah, that he oh, is just what the heck yeah. is that? I don't yeah, know. You, I this is. Excellent. I just all I did here. all I did was go to CHN to try to see what look up Lake State schedule and let me close CHN. I don't think it's that, but wait, wanna, okay. why don't you turn your camera off and turn it back on? There, whatever well, you did just whatever worked. Whatever you did worked. Okay, I just wiggled the <laughs> USB. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, yeah. But love, I so but but basically okay. if if Cratch's accurate to some extent obviously also the other problem would be is as the season changes the cratch changes but um i basically have it being minnesota state 50 bowling green 48 michigan tech 47 bemidji 44 ferris state 42 northern michigan 41 and lake state uh, and st thomas 35 now i don't <laughs> think that happens because a lot of that was me giving like basically I was taking the odds of winning and then it basically agreeing to a threshold. And if they hit a th- certain threshold, they got so many of the six points. Yeah. So like, before we, uh, yeah, before we leave the Ferris talk too far in the dust, I wanted to talk about, I was able to go Saturday and okay. that was the best game from a fan perspective. I've watched at Ferris in years. Like uh, it was obviously a very tech heavy crowd. You were, as you saw on the broadcast or listened to on the radio, but that was the most involved I've seen like the Ferris students and crowd probably since final five of 2015. Okay. Which is, which well, is it, it's that's cool. That's why I mean, we are a premier opponent. Well, yeah, I guess we are a premier <laughs> opponent now, which is a great pat on our backs, but it was nice to see like, even though it was really only when the misfit kids would like provoke them, the the fair students would stand at least for portions of the game. Okay. So I mean, it did it did take a lot of the misfits poking them, but it was really cool to see that atmosphere kind of return there because we're really not that far removed from Ferris really being one of those atmospheres to really like commend in the league, and it's kind of you know gone downhill once the. Once, once Ferris kind of took their dive, but it's it's neat to see what they're capable of doing and making that weird building work to their advantage. And Dustin is now on a disco ball again. Oh, he's back. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's every time I try to look something up on my other screen, like open up a web page like CHN. You got something else yeah. you can close or no? You just have Zoom open? I have Zoom <laughs> and Chrome open. That's it. I, I'll I'll use my phone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
Well, that's great to hear. I, you know, I do think one of the <clears throat> redeeming qualities of the conference is the is the fans. Um, and now, granted, I, I mean, I know we're a little biased, but it's hard not to say that the that our our crowds seem to be the best in the conference. Um, but. I do think that's a big part of what makes the CCHA what it is. I know we rag on Northern a lot, but I think the the rivalry's great and the the fan support on both sides is is pretty fun overall. Yeah, and the revival of their student section and we have to concede has been pretty impressive. And that's good. I mean, it, yeah, it should happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um but it's nice to hear that Ferris is heading there. I know um uh, Harrison dropped the bomb that they are trying to raise funds to build a new rink, which I think would be awesome for them. Um, yeah, and I, I wasn't able to listen to the last week's episode, but that is cool news. There's, it's not like Big Rapids is hurting for space to put things. <laughs> so, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, they're able to get that done. That'd be, it would be really neat to see them. Yeah, that actually it. wasn't on the podcast. That was in that came up in Discord from the conversation about St. Thomas's new. This is what you join the Discord for, people. If even yep. if you just lurk, there's just good content sometimes. And apparently Perry joined. I don't know what his screen name is, but Perry's on our Discord too now. See, this is it's great. It's a great place to creep. It does. It does <laughs> seem like it does seem like we sh- we should be trying to work harder towards like we should have like a CCHA channel that's more open for anybody, not in, just yeah. not just. Uh, tech fans um so we can work on that and start promoting it a little bit more we haven't been but uh uh we'll see so um anything else about the actual weekend Uh, okay what were your thoughts being in the rink for the extra attacker time like how did that feel in the rink what I will say is that, and I've said this the last time I was at Ferris, is Ferris is not a place you go to if you want to watch the game and absorb what is happening. It is more of a place where you just kind of feel what's going on. But during that time, it... Uh, so the sight lines was, aren't very good is what you're that saying? Is, that, yes, is a, we have... that is a ringing endorsement for the new rink fund that's (laughs) what i will that's what i but that is the other thing if you get the fans in there and they're rocking like they were they can really make that building work to their advantage for the team and i think we saw that to an extent but during the uh the extra man for ferris it definitely as a fan got your heart pumping like it was i it it felt like ferris was dangerous the whole time even though i like how tech looks down a man most of the time i would stake my life on the tech power play this year or the tech penalty kill rather not the tech power play lord would i not <laughs> no. stake my life on the tech power play oh that is a that dead is a, man walking that is a de- <laughs> that is a dying man's game right there but <laughs> but yeah they they've they applied some great pressure i was i never really felt comfortable that whole time and it paid off for them okay yeah i i um i didn't get a chance to actually i missed the game time goal because uh, my daughter and my girlfriend's daughter wanted to play we we soccer or not switch soccer on switch sports, and I was trying to get them set up with extra controllers, and I had walked away to work on that. And I actually remember telling my girlfriend 
that I did not feel good about the goalie being pulled. <laughs> um, not that we've been, I feel like, I guess I don't know what, what the odds are on getting a goal in those situations, but it felt like, I don't think we've been horrible in those situations, but it, we also have I mean, not been good. It should be a lower percentage than being on a regular PK. I guess. Be- because you have five defenders to block you know, block up lanes compared to four. I suppose. You're, you're in taking theory, up more space, yeah. You're theory. taking up more space. In theory, you should... It, I mean, you should be better but, on an extra a, defending an extra attacker situation than a, a PK. Yeah, but so how many minutes were they? Did they have empty net this weekend? That I don't know offhand. Let me see if that was that wasn't in the. They don't do extra attacker in those time on ice things, right? They just do power play and penalty kill. I believe. I would guess that's the case because mm. technically there's still six players on the ice they do document shots that are six on five but they don't document the time on ice in the table okay. nicely so i'm sure augie could tell us but i don't think it's charted that way it's not easily findable in the thing um but i mean like i guess tech's Odds of giving up a goal, they're what 80 some percent on the penalty kill, right? So that means one goal every five minutes, six minutes. I don't even know what that would actually be. No, that would be 66 percent. So more like one out of eight minutes ish. It's it's after five o'clock. I'm I don't I'm not gonna do any math. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is they they probably had the goalie pulled for a good three minutes this weekend and got one goal. Because they pulled him Friday as well. And we missed the open net for the empty netter, right? I forget who screwed that up. Or missed, I guess. Um so what like it worked Friday, but it didn't work Saturday. And like you you let a team like Ferris hang around and tie it back up three different times like they did on Saturday, and like you're you're gonna pay for it at some point, I guess. Um but Joe Schonauer, like one of the things uh you know, between that and what, what uh, Harrison mentioned on the Discord, like I do wonder how much of the Saturday night or the occasional struggles to finish a game come down to the over-reliance on his top three, top six forwards and top D pair. But at the same time, like, I don't know, it's two games a week. I know they're back-to-back days, but you would think a 20-year-old can handle it. I, I, yeah, I think that's kind of overblown. Like, I don't think Joe would put them in that position if he didn't think that they're up to it. Like, yeah. it, like you said, they're twenty years old, they're twenty-two years old, whatever. They can handle two games a week. Yeah, I bet if you talk to the players themselves, they'd tell you the same thing. Yeah, and I mean. Saturday night, why wouldn't you all be leaving it all on the ice when you don't have practice for what forty eight hours and 
you don't have a game for six more days. Like, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, did you guys get a chance to listen to the Joe Sean hour this week? Nope. No, I did not. I'm at my girlfriend's place trying to get our cats introduced, and it has been a hellacious process. <laughs> that, that sounds wonderful. That's why I have to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, I'm trying to think what else. So I, I think I touched on a lot of it. Um, yeah, the shootout thing, Blake size. I, uh, Joe also talked a lot about, um, like the. I'm not thinking of the word here. The. The culture. He he's talking about how he thinks. He has a re- they have a really good culture from the perspective of everybody likes each other and gets along. But he thinks I I'm putting this part I'm putting words into his mouth. I think what he what he would say if 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 I sparked his uh his sparked him on this I wouldn't be surprised if he said it next week. But this team is missing a Brent Baltus, the kind of guy that does things the right way consistently and will push everybody else to do it as well and lead by example. He doesn't think anybody on this team player-wise is really taking that next step of forcing accountability on the team. Um, And I can see that. uh, And I think that does come from the leadership lost um and just that the i don't know what the way he described it what the motivations are but it sounds like a lot of the upperclassmen are are taking shortcuts and trying and and he talks about this regularly where he's talking about the trying to create offense but at the expense of defense and Dirk mentioned too that like the you know the the cats and dogs analogy came up where it's like well why isn't oh, the defense, my favorite the defense is really good but why isn't it there all the time why is it so inconsistent and i think he, he you know joe reflected on that talking about how it's because the the accountability isn't there and the uh um I don't know. It it was an interesting discussion, and you guys really should listen if you get a chance sometime. Uh, kind of hard for me to carry this when I when I'm the only one that had heard it, but it was a good. Uh, it was an interesting take, and Dirk's perspective on it was good too. Like I, I enjoyed listening to it, and I even uh, I talked to Joe on the phone a little bit today, and I I told them as much, especially about the uh, the penalty shootout stuff. Uh, where uh, it, it it makes a ton of sense to me why the team struggles when your goalie is a small guy. And thankfully, you know, we've said this before, thankfully three-on-three overtime and penalty shootouts aren't a part of things when it really matters. Uh-huh. The fact that Joe's getting, the team's getting to overtime and getting to a shootout is a good thing overall because they haven't been what they've been uh 
of eight. Where is it here? I'm slow to find the tab. Too many things freaking open here. So I'm, while you're looking for it, I'm looking through the roster at, at upperclassmen, seniors specifically, and just looking at the list of names, you know, there aren't any names out there that jump out at you like that we've had in the past where you could tell just from observing them and seeing how they interact on the ice and interact with their teammates and coaches that they're like the, you know, the leaders on the team. You know, a lot of these guys really didn't have a, you know, a real leading role on the team until this year because they were behind all the leadership and all the scoring that left yeah. last year. They're kind of, you know, they're, they're seniors, but they're kind of thrown into the spotlight as seniors when a lot of times, you know, normally they're getting that kind of exposure as sophomores, juniors. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but. Yeah, I think, I think it does. I think how top heavy the team was last year has something to do with that. But at the same time, you still hope that one or two of them uh, rise to the top. Now, thankfully it hasn't turned into a, uh, uh, was it Gavin Gould, right? Was it Gavin or Malcolm? No, Gavin was the one that left. Yeah, so it hasn't turned into a Gavin Gould situation where it's like tanking the locker room or or tarnishing the culture at all. And it hasn't turned into, hey, uh, what was the other one back in our day, Dustin? The Jimmy Kerr situation where... You go from a Badavanja Skorchinski led team that basically did everything the right way to putting it in charge of Jimmy Kerr and he's just a loose cannon that doesn't do anything right. <laughs> is this, this is way before your time, isn't it, Matt? Your your look yeah, sure of confusion. Down. This yeah, was I, like two thousand nine, two thousand. If there's any key key point in the game, if there's one thing you can count on your captain for taking a dumb it's penalty. A penalty. <laughs> I would have been in uh, eighth grade at the time. So, yeah. When, like you, did you look up Jimmy Kerr? No, I did not. Oh. When he's his senior year was because we we almost made the tournament one year, and then Jimmy Kerr became the captain, and we tanked. It was so bad. <laughs> but you know, going back to what you're talking about for leadership, it it's the time of the season where it if you're not getting that leadership from your upperclassmen, there's nothing that says a guy like Jack works can't jump in and become a leader of this team as an underclassman. Yeah. It, and I it, it's a time for a guy like that to come to kind of step up, you know? Yeah. And this weekend I was really impressed. Like at least I was like, just from the eye test being there, I was really impressed with Stauber this weekend, especially okay. on Saturday. He looked like he was really, digging deep and finishing plays. And if he'd give up a puck, he'd fight back and get it. And I think he's another one of those guys that has the ability to step mm -hmm. up if he, if he wants to, you know? And I think yeah. Joe mentions Stauber, I believe on the show today and, um, who else? Nardella. Okay. And, uh, Jed Pietala talk, just talking about the, the, that those are the guys that are, kind of leading the way doing things the right way and and I and I think it fits it's 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 one of those things where it it reminds me a lot of how Joe always talked about Rockwell where Rockwell might not have 
the best skill on the team, but he's the one that's playing the system the best, the right way consistently. So that's why Joe counted on him so much. And I, and I get that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been, you know, the little conversation I had with Joe on the phone and the way he talked about everything on, on the, on the show today, like I, I get why Joe had such low expectations for this season. Cause he didn't know like the way he, the way he talks about some of this culture stuff, it does feel like they're kind of winning in spite of it. Uh, and I do think a lot of that comes back to Blake Pietola playing as well as he has and tech. I, I think, I think I'm sure what Joe, part of Joe's problem is about what he is getting is how inconsistent it is like they played a near perfect game on friday so why can't you carry that over to saturday and continue to do that um and you say they've played a near perfect game friday it didn't necessarily translate into an onslaught of goals right no it it, It didn't i do think I do think everybody I, I'm really intrigued to see what uh what the charts show for expected goals on Friday because a lot of people in Discord were complaining about the power play and I was like, I don't know what more you want. They had like three, four really good scoring chances on a couple of those power plays. Like you can't ask for more than two or three grade A scoring chances on a power play. They just didn't go in. And that mm-hmm. happens sometimes. It just really sucks when it happens over and over again in the same game where I do think they had at least a couple power plays where their expected goals were probably over three quarters of a goal. And it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm intrigued to see what that looks like uh, when uh, Augie gets a chance to pull that stuff out. Um but I do it it's been uh a fun season and I know I've said it a couple times and I'm and I won't backtrack from it I this team has the chance to do something special in spite of all of that because they just find a way to win often um and it and it does feel like sometimes like this is just one of those teams and i think you texted the slack chat about it dustin friday right this team just has something about it right there's just like there's just something about this team that if they can just get out of their way and play to their strengths they can beat anybody oh yeah i mean BU's one of the best teams in the country, so they prove they can beat anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that, especially looking at the numbers and really thinking critically about the BU game again, I think they proved that what happened with Western was a fluke, and if they really come and bring their A game, they can they really can take it to anyone I, they want to. I, I don't know if it's... I don't know if I'd call it a fluke, because I think Western plays a style, a game that is just really tough. Yeah, tech and I'm not, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say like it was a fluke that Western won. I'm just trying to say that the the performance that we saw was a fluke. Yeah, I think I it was a combination you know I mean? of Tech having a bad day and and Western playing one of playing a weekend of perfection, basically. Right, and what I'm saying is, I don't think I don't necessarily think that if if it was a week later, we're flipping that from a loss to a win. But I think that would have at least been a competitive game. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I well, do have a feeling. Luckily, I luckily, mean, Pairwise uh, doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's. I, I. Yeah. And it's weird to see like a team that that was that dominant that in at the GLI is. I don't even know where they're sitting. Aren't they in the? Aren't they? They're not, not too far ahead far, of us. Yeah. Yeah, they're right yeah. there, like tenth. Um, and not really record-wise, not really a whole lot. Uh, they're actually worse than Tech as a uh, actual win percentage. And but their strength of schedule is much harder, according to Cratch mm-hmm. or the the CHN power rankings. It would be nice if um, Western just goes on and wins out. Um. So one other big thing that I mentioned in Discord about this weekend uh, against Ferris is by by not getting swept by Ferris, we have basically guaranteed that we will have the comparison with Michigan State for the rest of the season. There's nothing Michigan State can do to flip that comparison now because we have a better record against Ferris than they do. It cannot get worse than their record against uh I forget. Yeah. They're 0 and 1 against Ferris thanks to the GLI. So our record against Ferris cannot get worse, uh get down to zero. And our record against Bowling Green cannot get worse than their record against Bowling Green. So we are um destined to stay above them no matter what happens. So in the grand scheme of things, we would like Michigan State to win a bunch of freaking games the rest of the year, be ahead of us, but we win the comparison, which helps us get higher in the standings. Um, so that's that's actually a really cool thing that happened. The Bemidji State comparison is looking better every weekend. Hopefully we can go into Bemidji in a couple weeks and uh, and and do some damage. What else was on our rundown here? Anything else really about the CCHA? Um, I I think this weekend really proved that St. Thomas is not a bad team. They were able to pick up that win against Bowling Green. They were able to tie them the following night. I you know, I a lot of people were really quick to get down on tech last week when they dropped the game to St. Thomas. And I completely understand that if you're thinking about last year's team, but this is not last year's St. Thomas. They're, uh, they're a much better group. If you look at the standings, they're still, they're still in the mix of things. I don't, I think they're pretty much out of contention for McNaughton, but they could still make a run at home ice. If a few more pieces fall right. And they're, they're not a team to just overlook on the schedule anymore. I just thought that was my main takeaway was that they they proved that it was not a fluke that they played as well as they did in Houghton. It was they're like I don't I don't want to say they're for real, but they're not a team you can take for granted. Yeah, they're they're another team. They have uh, five home games left. Yeah, now, granted, that's... the one thing it they obviously have a chance to fight for home ice with their schedule, but they have a tough schedule left. They've got home and home with Minnesota State. It's going to be a fight. Home against Bemidji, home against Northern, and on the road to Lake State. Um, So that'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. I mean, it's going to be an interesting 
chase to the end here to see who where where who hits the top four, who wins McNaughton. Um, I don't know. I think I agree with Harrison, who said last week that his money was on not Bowling Green, but at the same time, uh, I have a hard time picking against Minnesota State. I really do. I think if there was a year to pick against them, it's this one. I think that I it's uh, it's tough for me to pick Tech for McNaughton, but I think if there was a year to make the homer pick, you I feel might like want to think about this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I I think Tech has a a good shot, and I have I have a feeling. I I said it last week. I have a feeling that unless something drastic goes wrong here i think if michigan tech or minnesota state sweep that last series whoever it is is going to win mcnaughton i think if they split or four two points kind of thing i think somebody else might be able to sneak up and win it but if somebody sweeps that weekend i think they're getting the cup i think you're probably that's probably right i would agree Uh, with that and I yeah, think I th- Harrison was right too that I think Bemidji State was kind of the front runner until they laid an egg at Bowling Green two weeks ago. Yep, I am. I think that's a fair assessment as well. But uh... Harrison having an accurate take is pretty tough. <laughs> pretty tough for me to wrap my head around. <laughs> I I love how he's never gonna let Tim Rapley live down his pick of Lake State. It's fun because even I let him live it down, and I was one of the first people to dunk on him. Like as he was doing it, I was like, you know what? He really it, it, for me. It's just the fact that he walked it back like immediately. He was like, yeah, that team looked really bad through the first couple weeks. I'm not sure anymore. So yeah, I remember how excited benefit. we were with that exhibition win against them. Yeah, we were like, that's supposed to be one of the best teams, and we just unloaded on them. We're gonna be sweet this year. <laughs> And that I mean, turned we out to a, be true, but, but but not in the way we thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. I re- I do remember being really juiced up about it. I'm like, this team is supposed to be really good. And then, <laughs> so if all goes well, uh, I can drop this now, uh, right after this break. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A tech.net. We fund everything a tech hockey guide from listeners like you. You can show your support by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Whether you're interested in question priority, access to patron-only Zoom chats with coaches and players, instat deep dives, extended versions of the podcast, unedited video or audio, early access, or commercial-free listening, there's a level for you. We also now have 15% discounts off annual memberships with tiers ranging from $2 to $50 per month. Again, sign up at patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. All right, get that other commercial break in there. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, (laughs) Next week, if all goes well, we are going to have Jordy Murray, the newest assistant coach of Michigan Tech, on the podcast. And I think our first question is going to be about his perception of the upcoming weekend and 
how the the rivalry is and where that ranks for him. Uh, so we've got the big rivalry weekend this weekend against Northern Michigan. What are you guys' thoughts uh, going into the weekend? I hate predicting Northern series. I just really do because even though Northern's had a bit of a slide, Tex had an, a, a much better than expected season. When you have a rivalry as as heated as that one, it's you just kind of have to throw it out the window. So I'm gonna predict a I'm gonna predict a split that leans in Tech's favor, and by that I mean they win in regulation at home and they win in overtime at the Barry. Tech wins in overtime, or Tech oh, loses win. in overtime. That's okay. what I meant. Okay. Yeah, I. I... I yeah, this would be an awesome weekend for Michigan Tech to finally pull off a or or uh, would it be the second time they pull off a six point weekend in conference? I forget now. Uh, Based on what you said earlier, in I can't the podcast, remember. If it, yes. I thought it was one or none. I can't remember now. I think you said um, one earlier. Yeah, so it'd be nice if they could finally pull off a. Uh, oh, I guess the only other one was the sweep at St. Thomas. Um, so it would be nice to pull off another, uh, just their second sweep in conference play of the season, but I'm not sure it's going to happen. Uh, I think, I do think this is the kind of weekend that kind of plays out a lot like last time. Uh, kind of what you said, Matt, where Michigan Tech wins at home and Northern wins in overtime or shootout at home. Uh, that seems pretty likely probably a little too chalk but i think that's probably likely i you know for as much as northern has um struggled this year it's uh i don't know it, it it's been interesting cuz it it does it does feel like other than minnesota state being in the top half that the the whole league is kind of playing very differently than we all thought it would before the season started. Um, yeah, I mean, it's still, we're still midway through. We still got a good slate of games left to play, but it's, it, even if we kind of lay an egg down the stretch, it's kind of tough for me to think of the season as anything other than a success given our expectations going in. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't think... I guess I don't know what the preseason said, but the preseason certainly did not have Lake State 8th and Northern 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, and Fair State fight, you know, in the almost in the driver's seat for home ice right now. Um, they're... And the other thing that's hard to judge about everything is how imbalanced the number of games is. You know, Bowling Green's got 20 played already. Bemidji Northern Ferris are at 16 and everybody else is at 18. So it's really hard to judge everything when it's that imbalanced. And some teams have, you know, five or six home games left. And some teams have three like Tech. Well, I mean, Cato was in the same boat. Their only home games left are uh, one half of the St. Thomas series and then the Michigan Tech series to end the season. Uh, So... It's just a really interesting league, but what Dustin, what do you think about this coming weekend for tech? Well, I guess since I'm going last last, I have to be the optimistic one and say that tech is gonna sweep. That would be awesome. Um, I'll say if if it is a sweep, 
there's going to be one of those games that is going to be 100% on Blake Pietola's shoulders, and he's going to steal one. <laughs> I, I think, that, that, I think that's another Old prediction. <laughs> I think that's the other possibility here is uh, Tech plays. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this weekend goes Tech playing a near-perfect game on Friday, wins it, and it's not really a, a Blake Pietola sh- showed uh, uh, stellar performance. Like he does really well, but it's not about him. He's not the reason mm-hmm. they won. Right. And then on Saturday night, he steals one. That's that's a complete possibility too. Because um, I do yep. think that's part of the reason we've gotten where we have is Tech plays at least one good game every weekend pretty much. And they usually find a way to win that one. And then... They struggle in the other one, and it kind of comes down to how good of a game Blake has or Max. But I don't think Max is playing this weekend. I don't even know when he would play again now that I'm looking at it. Hmm. I don't know. Probably won't. I I mean, I'd like to see him play, but he probably won't play again this year unless something happens to Blake. Which is a shame because I do feel, at least in what I've seen, I feel confident about the future with Max in the net as well. Well, he can be pretty confident that, I mean, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders next year. So, yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see if, if, uh, if Blake calls it or not because he can play another year. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure the rest of the conference would love to see that happen, but, <laughs> <laughs> but even if he doesn't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not at all. No, I, no, team. I, no, I agree with that, but at the same time, like I think you could uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he wants to run it back or not. And I wouldn't be surprised if he and Logan do because Chase is supposed to come in next year. No, we have four of them next year. Yeah. We have some potential for some downright comical commentary if if everything what is goes our, right. What is our team record for Pietalas on a roster? Is it only three? I think yeah, it is this three. Might, this might go for the <laughs> for the belt on it, yeah. Because yeah. it was uh, Chad, Aaron, and uh, who was the third one? Was it Blake? Was it Blake and then? I don't even like, know. Like the first Blake? I yeah, don't the know, first maybe. Blake. Blake one, yeah. Blake one, Blake two. It's like thing. <laughs> well, that's a, there's our t-shirt idea. <laughs> we'll, we'll make thing one and thing two shirts, except it says Blake one and Blake two. We could just make Pietola shirts and have like things like one through fifteen. <laughs> there we go. Uh but yeah, well that's what we could do is thing one and thing two and have it be Blake Pietola. What was what was the skater's number? I'm forgetting now. You have a do you have a Blake Pietola jersey, Dustin? <clears throat> we might. I'd have to go up and look. I don't remember which t- which guys we got. I think I'd one of them might have been Pietola. Okay. I know one of them's Johnstone, but we yeah. got a we got a Johnstone jersey. We got Johnstone and definitely Caro. The other yeah. one might have been Pietola. But that would be funny if we did that, huh? Yeah, I um, do. is your Johnstone a gamer? No, it's, it's just an authentic. From... Oh, okay, I was about to say I have a buddy who's got a Johnstone gamer. I have a I have a Caro gamer from his freshman year. Nice. Yeah, I don't have only... any gamers. Yeah, the only game worn one not, I have not is college gamers anyway. Yeah, Ryan good Bungers. luck trying to scoop one from Ryan. <laughs> yeah, the only the only one that I got is no, it's not bungers because that one I got made. It's it's a twenty five for back in the day. That Nielsen? I think it was Carl Nielsen. 
Because I got because the the bunger one is one that we got made. Yeah, bunger. Yep. <laughs> Good old times. And then the test. I have a test slack one that got was it made too. All right. So so one other thing uh, that we might as well talk about because because it was kind of annoying. I I watched a video of a news broadcast of. A place that obviously the woman had no idea how to say anything, but it was like a local news broadcast talking about the Canucks firing Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, she botched Bruce's name and the Canucks name like four and different then, times. And then and she also so... she also botched Rick Tockett's name too. Oh, did she? I okay. Yeah, it was hilarious. Where was that from? I don't I don't know off the top of my head, but it was just like there was not even an attempt. <laughs> so what was so what was the I'm a little confused as to what went down because I don't pay enough attention but so what went down that he was like fired but still coached like four more games or that's what it felt like yeah it's just from what I understand they wanted to let him go at that game because their next stretch of games is fairly winnable okay so, so they wanted I the think, new coach yeah. to come in with an easy schedule. That's but, essentially what I believe it. So basically, be, yeah. what happened was their plan got leaked before it should have, and so yeah. everybody knew he was getting fired in like two more games when he wasn't actually fired yet. That's more or less what I make of the situation. Yeah. Okay. I feel really bad for him because, like, he's he's one of the. I most... really liked him as a wild coach, and I think he's an awesome guy. And he brought us like the greatest call, uh, the greatest gift, call, uh, the greatest hockey gift ever. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, like I, and then like the fans totally were in on it because they they were rooting for or cheering for him right at the games and well yeah because he's a soup he's one of those guys who's just always been super likable and we've had the displeasure of having to talk about uh bad coaching practices quite a bit on this podcast but he was one of those guys who would like at the beginning of the day would just write a number like one of the players numbers on the whiteboard and that just meant that that was that player's turn to come in and talk to him and then most of the time they wouldn't even talk about hockey. It would just be like, you know, how's the family? Like, what's going on with you? And it was just really, he was just seemed like one of those genuinely good people that wanted to be sure that everyone was was ta- well taken care of in their everyday life before being hockey players. And then he obviously, his success as a hockey coach also kind of speaks for itself. So that's another reason that people are just so upset is that how do you treat a guy who has who's not only a great hockey coach, but is also just an outstanding person. Like the way that they have, it's pretty despicable, you know? Yeah. That sucks. Mm-hmm. So sort of on that topic, uh, bell let's talk day happens this week. Uh, if you're a patron, you'll, you'll hear this possibly before, uh, on that day, but this Wednesday is bell. Let's talk day. Even though this podcast drops on Thursday, that's why we did our, David Let's Talk episode a couple weeks ago, and it's already gotten apparently 128 listens. It sounds like David really helped us uh, play up those listens on Facebook. So I'll try and be promoting that here this week with Bell Let's Talk Day uh, to get the word out about that one. Um, if you guys haven't had a chance to listen to that one, go back and listen. It's 
it's a good conversation. I think um uh I don't know how to put it. It's it, it was a tough conversation for sure and and a little bit different than the other two that we've done just because of the scope of what happened with David and what's going on with him that it was a is a little different and and I think for me probably what I struggled with more is that it was um less personally relatable to me and and my story so i didn't feel like i had as much to say as i did with uh with our first two guests for that topic so but it was still a good chat i think matt did a great job of uh of uh having the conversation with uh david and um i think that's about it anything else you guys want to say um that's going on in hockey right now good yeah i'm good to go one minute remaining in the podcast. All right. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check out our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash techhockeyguide. Uh, we've got a bunch of different levels. Check them out. Figure out which one's best for you and help support the podcast so we can keep bringing you all this great content. Um, we're going to try and do another live podcast at some point. Maybe we'll try and all get together this summer at uh, the Fibkey Compound. Uh, and do one there um and then we'll teach you all all what uh how to spell fib key since it's but it took me years to figure out that it was the turbo agency and not the turbo or viterbo <laughs> agency for for michigan tech um <clears throat> we're hoping to get somebody else that edits the podcast here soon if that happens i promise that i will get better about actually scheduling these zoom chats with various people uh, which I think would be great if we can get back to doing that, you know, monthly, maybe on Tuesday nights. Uh, let's see. Follow us on Twitter at Chasing Mac Pod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you've got a question for Jordy Murray, who will hopefully work out and be on the podcast next week, next week go ahead and you know, send us a message now or, or put it in our discord. I'll make sure that, uh, Nick adds the link to our discord to this week's liner notes. So you guys can all, uh, check that out if you haven't yet. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think I said that, didn't I? If you can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. If you leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Dustin will read the review. And uh, if you leave a review, and uh, we'll we'll read it no matter what on the podcast. Once again, thanks to your to our sponsors, Fibkey Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin, and Lavonia Technical Services. Special thanks to Mitch Lake for recording our introduction and our patron saint Doc McRazin for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com.
You've been listening to the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA.